Breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. Guys, you know how we start the show. How do we I'm start Nick. the show? I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and this is Bible Dingers. I have some fake news or real news for you. You guys ready for this? No. You ready for this? I feel like I sound so much clearer than you guys today. Oh, it's the boom stands, definitely. <laughs> Something about me is so much better than you today. <laughs> for those listening, I have a new boom stand, mm. which holds my microphone. And it looks so awesome. The other guys are still using um, regular poor people mic stands. Uh, the ones that sit on the floor. Yeah. What are you doing? You guys ready for this? No. Yeah. Yeah. I said, are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. All right, Nikki. Bible dingers. Man. Rob's bank wearing SpongeBob mask. <laughs> what? Is this fake news or real news? That's real news. A hundred percent, dude. <laughs> That's your boomstick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his Sunday springs, to s- his springs just echoed. Mm. No, do not hit us with the glove, bro. Dude, I'm all I'm, I didn't, all I'm all messed up, bro. I don't know where the glove is. What else is new? Anyway, man, Rob's bank wearing SpongeBob mask. Yes, and it happened in Florida. <laughs> yeah, pr- probably. <laughs> Florida's all jacked up, bro. With those type of stories. <laughs> I shared one with him last week. It was like. This old lady that went under her bed to oh, pull yeah. out her cat, and instead she pulls out an arm, and it was a dude. What? It was a dude, <laughs> ha- like hiding under her bed, and he just jets. <laughs> <laughs> he stole like a necklace, a bracelet. No he way. He stole a couple things. Imagine that going under your bed. <laughs> Come here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Oh my god! The guy's just like meow. <laughs> Imagine if he just came out purring. She'd be like, "Oh, cool." This old lady, bro, like eighty-something years old. Yeah. Anyway, man, Rob's bank wearing SpongeBob mask. Oh, absolutely. Yes, real news. You think so? Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, I don't know if it ever happened, but can you imagine that? You're in the bank. Yeah, in Florida. You're, yeah, in Florida. Yeah. Shout out to all our Florida listeners. We love you. We love you. I hate you. No, no. He okay, hates everybody. First California. He hates everybody. Now Florida. But we love you. But anyway, can you imagine walking into the bank to go grab a 20? And this guy just it's like, give me all your money. Patrick. Oh. You know what I mean? So you think he'd put on the voice and everything? What, what, what's SpongeBob's voice? I'm not about to do that, bro. Come on, bro. It's high pitched. Come on. Oh, I'm not about to do that. Come on. Do I see laugh. what you're doing. You ever uh, seen the guy do the laugh? Yeah. Like, ah, I can't even do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has to, like, smack he his throat. He beats his throat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, dude. This is SpongeBob, back, bro. I'm not doing Come it. Come on, bro. SpongeBob. Hey, Ryan, you love making stupid noises. I don't even know how to do Patrick's <laughs> voice. Come on, bro. Come on. Hit us with that SpongeBob <laughs> voice, bro. You wanna go jelly? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
<coughs> it's the best day ever. Mm. Come on, baby. That's not bad. Yeah. Anyway, today it's an exciting show. It's an exciting episode. Wait a minute. But before we do that, let's jam out for a second. <laughs> oh. I was only lame until around about mm, fourth grade. Then I dropped the bullet wait, wait. and began to treat me like I was King Gorgon with the sword raised. They look blessings came when the storm raged. My message low key be ordained. Oh, so today's gonna be an exciting episode. Hit me with my daughter's one. Hit me with my daughter's. <laughs> Every Today. time we put something on the table, my boom is like. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it sounds like, bro? It sounds like this. It sounds like there's a gavel up in there. We'll just wait till there's two more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway. It really sets the mood, though. Today, we're talking about that gavel, bro. Oh, that's why you wanted the gavel. We're yeah. talking about that gavel. You picked a horrible gavel sound bite. We're talking about... All rise! Can you guys get get my uh get my clues as to what we're talking about today? All the rise. Uh, uh, judges. All the rise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Bible dingers. Yeah, we're talking about Uges. Um, first. <laughs> anyway, fun fact: most people think it's pronounced judges. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're bro, talking about... Uh, I'm super tired, bro, today. I'm super tired. I could actually lay down, but instead I'm going to... All the rides! <laughs> You're so lit right now. <laughs> Namaste. All right, let me refocus my chakras. <laughs> Your what? His chakras, bro. Your chakras? Chakras. All right. Judges. We have two internal clues that tell us the time period in which Judges was written. The first one is that four times in the book you see the phrase, in those days Israel had no king. And you see that in chapter 17, verse 6, chapter 18, verse 1, chapter 19, verse 1, and chapter 21, verse 25. They say, in those days Israel had no king. So that seems to suggest that the book was written when Israel <laughs> did Sorry. did have a king. The second clue that points us to the time period that it was written is that in chapter 1, verse 21, it says about Jerusalem that to this day the Jebusites live there. But in 2 Samuel 5, you see that David conquered the Jebusites that were occupying Jerusalem. So... The writing of Judges predates David being king, but it's definitely during a kingship. So you could say that um, since Israel had a king, but it predates at least the conquest, it doesn't predate David per se, then it must have been written during either King Saul's reign or early on in David's reign. Saul started his reign in 1051 BC and David captured Jerusalem in 1004 BC. So that's about a 45 year window. And it puts judges as being written between 1051 BC and 1004 BC. Mm. 
we know the time period now and next is the author and as a lot of books in the bible no author is directly named um, but we can make a good case that Samuel probably wrote it and I'm going to give you some reasons why first of all the Talmud attributes judges to Samuel the Talmud Talmud <clears throat> what is that what is that oh what is it Talmud yes Talmud I think it's Talmud Talmud really yeah, that's Tal- some Talmud, yeah, Talmud yeah. Talmud that's some Talmud yeah Talmud that's some Talmud the Talmud what is the Talmud so another name for the Talmud is the oral Torah mm. um, these are Shalom. teachings that were passed down orally by the priests and early rabbis of Judaism it is sort of like um, like an extra commentary of Jewish leaders Judaism believes that the beginning of the Talmud was also given to Moses and passed down orally while the regular Torah was written down and manuscripts were made. So when you hear about like extra laws that the Pharisees and the Sadducees followed that you don't directly see in the text, most likely they got it from the Talmud. So, yeah, so the the Talmud, I think, is probably what Jesus was condemning while he was here doing his earthly ministry because he would always condemn, you know, the passed down traditions that the Pharisees and Sadducees had. And we know that the Talmud was passed down generation to generation orally. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a laws that that they subscribed to. And um, so to this day, it's kind of still alive in the way they act. Yeah. So, yeah. So they still read the Talmud and still because it was written down eventually. Um, but anyways, just because we don't necessarily agree with the theology of the Talmud doesn't necessarily mean that we disagree with the historicity it is, of it. Yeah. So it's definitely worth studying. Yeah, it's definitely matter. worth studying. We don't take it as God's inspired word or anything like that, but it's definitely evidence that can point to the historicity the of something in yeah. the Bible. Yep. Um, so and yeah, so the Talmud attributes it to Samuel. To Samuel. And there's a, there's a second reason, right? So Samuel was a leader of Israel and played a major role in their history. So it's not like we're just pulling a random name out of a hat. Um, there's a third reason as well. Samuel lived during the time that Judges was written. So it's not like he was dead. You know, so he was alive. He was there. He he was uh, experiencing the history with them. Um, and the fourth reason is that First Samuel ten twenty five talks about Samuel writing things down in a book and presenting it to the Lord. This could suggest that he was a writer and likely an inspired writer of Scripture. Yeah. So those are the four reasons why um, there there is a belief that Samuel wrote the Book of Judges. How you doing? Yeah, so um, that was the date of the authorship and the possible author. Obviously, there's other views on who the author could be, but that's a strong case. The date of the events in Judges begins with the death of Joshua, and it ends with the crowning of King Saul. Um, But it's kind of unclear exactly how much time passed in between these two events. Most scholars agree that Saul began his reign in 1051 B.C., so the debate is more so when Joshua died. Mm. Um, and that, in turn, is determined on when the Exodus was. And if you guys remember, there's a little bit of a debate on when the Exodus happens. We kind of ascribe to 1446 B.C., and I think we gave some evidences of that in the Exodus episode. So 
if you want if you want to hear more discussion on that obviously give exodus a listen but essentially more liberal scholars place the date of the exodus around 1280 bc and more conservative scholars place it around 1446 so if you're a liberal scholar that would place the beginning of the t- of the period of the judges around 1220 bc and if you're a conservative scholar you would place it around 1350 bc and that also kind of depends on the genealogy in the back um and we're going to get to that towards the end when we get to it. Mm. All right, so that was the date of the events of Judges. Next, we're going to go over the title. So our English Bible took the title from the Latin Vulgate, and the Latin Vulgate was influenced by the Greek Septuagint. In both of these early translations of the Hebrew text, we get our term for a judge. However, the original Hebrew can mean a few things. It can mean deliverer, or it could even mean savior, we talked about the Greek Septuagint uh, in a past episode. If you don't know what it is, basically it's an early copy of the Old Testament that was written in Greek. It predates the New Testament. It predates Jesus by a few hundred years. It's it's a really reliable source of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And the Vulgate is an early Latin collection of the Bible that was translated by Jerome. St. Jerome. Yeah, yeah Jerome, Romy, Rome. Yeah. Shout out to Kanye. And the Vulgate dates to like the late 300s and it's Catholic and stuff. Hmm. Anyway, so we know that the book is called, nonetheless, it is called Judges. Uh, so we, we have to ask the question, what is a judge? We have it in our heads that a judge is the guy that sits in front of the desk and hits us with that gavel. Is Hit me a, with that a, gavel. He hits you with the gavel? Yeah. Oh, he wears a powdered wig, right? Yeah. So this guy with a wig and a robe and a robe, but that's not a judge in this case at all. So what mm-hmm. is it? You sure about that? It could be a, maybe maybe they were wearing robes and and white wigs. Yeah, white wigs. Deborah white was kind wig. of a judge like that, but keep going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the title judges can be a little confusing because we could think of our modern day judges, but they were more like leadership figures, right? So after Joshua died. No one was placed in charge of the whole nation of Israel. We see it throughout the whole book. Israel did not have a king. Israel did not have a king. So people did what they wanted to do. Israel did not have a king, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the people did what they, they, they chose, right? Right. Um, so each, each individual tribe was allotted land that belonged to them. And they were to spread out and occupy that land. That including going to war with people over land. You know, they, they fought over things like that, right? We can't even comprehend what that is like because um, we live in the United States. Because we're civilized. Yeah, so, <laughs> sure, absolutely. We're just so much better. But, like, they, it seemed like they fought over everything in this book, right? But uh, mostly just, it was from land. I was curious why they didn't pick a king after Joshua. Mm, I, I think it was more the will of God. Maybe. Yeah, it was supposed oh, to be sure. set up as a theocracy originally, but... Mm. It turns out that Israel couldn't handle that. I don't know mm. if anyone can. Yeah. Anyway, so judges were leaders of certain tribes of Israel during certain necessary times. Also, there was overlap of judges. There wasn't one judge leading at a certain time. But if we put the leadership of each judge back to back, you get about 410 years of leadership. Uh, the conservative view of the date of Joshua's death, which gives us the most time, only has about a 300-year time gap. That means judges had to overlap. Yeah, I think it's important to note there that judges weren't 
they weren't leaders over all of Israel, even mm-hmm. though it says that they judged Israel and so on and so forth. But they judged certain tribes of Israel typically. Mm-hmm. So let's go through the judges, right? So there were there were twelve judges, and some of them have some weird names. So oh, there's well, I mean it's not a debate, but some would say there's fourteen. Fourteen, uh, okay. if you include Eli and Samuel, but I think really technically there's only twelve. Mm-hmm. Depends on your view, I guess. I guess, yeah. So let's just go through the the known ones. So we have Othiel. Why the drum? <laughs> Ryan's favorite guy. The one with the sword in his thigh. My man. Shout out to the Genesis episode. Finally. If you haven't heard it, go back in time and hear that Genesis episode. It's one of our best. Finish your Slurpee. No, that was a rewind. Oh. That was a rewind in time. Ehud. Ehud. Why, Nick? Brian. That's not me, bro. <laughs> Brian's hitting that drum. We got Shamgar. We got Deborah. We have Gideon. His son, his son Abimelech. 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 It's Abimelech. Is that what you said? His son Abimelech can appear to be a judge, but is not actually appointed by God. Next is Tola. Next is Hare. Hair. Jair. Yeah, Jair. Jer. Jephthah is next. Jephthah? Daddy doesn't is like Jephthah. Jephthah, right? Jephthah. I don't know. Um, next is Ibzan. They make the symbols, right? Hmm? Elon? Ooh, Tesla. Next is Abdon. And everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite. Oh, I know this. Samson. Samson. That was, that was a great was soundbite. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. I don't know what we would do without it. That was our in-house drummer. It, it was Are so you amazing. Doing? You're welcome. So now we have all the judges. We hopefully read through the text while we're reading, the, while we're hearing this episode. Don't rely solely on this episode to know judges. We hope you're actually diving in because this book is interesting. It's wild. This book is nuts. This book will have you reading certain chapters and you'll be like, What? For those of you that think the Bible is boring and you like to watch movies, read this book. It's a movie. It's a movie. There's some stuff that would just be like, well, it's a book. What? <laughs> That's going to be a new soundbite. Like, every, when you read Judges, you'd be like, what? Mm. You know what I mean? So Especially, anyway. uh, I think Gideon and Samson are some of the weirdest stories. Yeah. And Ehud. Ehud, for yeah, sure. It's a classic. Him. Yeah. Also, the stories of Micah is kind of strange. And um, Dan. Oh, and that dude. Which, which happens with Dan? Uh, he does the thing. You remember? Yeah, that thing. Well, what about when that dude chopped the chick up in 12 pieces and sent it to well, each yeah. Okay, that was. That's pretty wild, too. <laughs> that's actually hard to read. That whole story. Yeah. How you doing? I read it. I was like, what? Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so, so what's the purpose? <laughs> Of this book, that's like our catchphrase, you know that. Anyways, anyways, yeah. so, um, so radical, dude. There's several pur- possible purposes that you could give to the book, as with any book, I guess. My favorite purpose is that I think that it was to show the grace of God towards Israel, despite Israel. So they kept sinning, and and that's really kind of what Judges is known by. It's known by its cycle. 
Yeah, right. And Israel's cycle, so to speak. Yeah, not their bicycle. Mm. Ooh. But, the, but their cycle their of motorcycle. sin. No, not that cycle, but yeah, their cycle, cycle of sin. sin. Um, and all throughout the book, you see the cycle of blessings um, when they're following God and when they're following the judge that God placed and the cursings when they fall away from God and worship idols. Um, and it's kind of like the playing out of the blessings and cursings chapter in Deuteronomy mm-hmm. and in Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't heard those episodes, make sure you go listen to them. Uh, I just want to add something to that, right? The, the general purpose of this book can be easily applied to us today. And it's not the sole purpose of the book. Obviously, there's there's some history and there's things to learn. Um, but that cycle, we go through that cycle all the time. Yeah. Like God appointed this judge in this book and these people were following him. And then for whatever reason, they would either die or whatever. And Israel would fall right back into sin. Mm-hmm. And, and then they would experience all these cursings or, or consequences of their sin. And then a new judge would come and they would, re- they would repent right before that. And how often do we find ourselves in that same cycle? Not, not necessarily with the judge, but how we repent and then go back to the same exact sin. Yeah, mm-hmm. until we you know, feel like we need God or something like that and we're uncomfortable with our lives. So we go back to God and kind of lean on him like that. Yeah. And so... I mean, that'll preach, but, you know. (laughs) All right, so let's get into the book of Judges. There is one, two, three. Three overall points of Judges. Yeah. The first point, you must worship Baal. Oh, yeah. The second point. And sacrifice children. Yes. Yes, there's three major points. The first one is the reason for Israel's falling away, and that's chapters one through the beginning of chapter three. And then the second part is the major section, and that's the record of Israel's falling away. And then the last part is the results of Israel's falling away, and that's chapter 17 through 21. Do you like Mm. that? The reason, the record, the results. (laughs) Did you come up with that? Pastor mode right now. Yeah, I really did. The three R's? Yeah, three R's. All of you need judges. to do to remember this sermon is three Reason, simple. record, result. Oof. That's the three major sections of judges. So let's go into the reason section. That's chapters one through the early part of chapter three. Uh, and that's Bible dingers. broken down into two smaller sections. The first part is there's his hostilities. There's hostilities between the Israelites and the Canaanites after Joshua's death. Mm, why? Why do you think that is? I suppose because Israel is coming to Canaan, where the Canaanites live, to be friends. Yes. Huh. War friends. Oh. Where they war each other. Yeah, the, the Canaanites die. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's in the that. last. That's in the last episode, Joshua. Anyway, shout out to our last episode. So, yeah, so there's some hostilities and that's broken down into the initial successes and failures of Israel in chapter one. And then the announcement of God's discipline because of the failures. And that's in the early part of chapter two. And then as you go on in chapter two, all the way into early chapter three, you see Israel's conduct towards God and God's treatment of Israel in the period of the judges. Hmm. And so it's kind of like a preview almost of the whole book. Um, First, there's like a little review of Joshua's era. 
And then it kind of describes the cycle that Israel is going to be going through um, in the middle of chapter 2 from verse 11 to 23. And then God's purposes with Israel is the early part of chapter 3. So that's the first part. That's the reason for Israel's falling away. It's chapters Mm -hmm. 1 to the early part of chapter 3. And then the next major portion is the record of Israel's falling away. And that's chapter 3, verse 7, all the way until the end of chapter 16. And that's actually broken down into several falling aways, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. There's really six falling aways from God. The first one is chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. And that's where you see Othniel. The second one is the end of chapter 3. And that is the oppression of the Moabites and the deliverance through Ehud. And that's verses 12 through 30 is the Ehud story. And that's when Ehud has a double-sided sword. Hmm. And he pulls it out from under his cloak, from his thigh. And stabs this fat guy. And stabs this fat guy. And and the king of Moab. Fatty. <laughs> and then um, and then Donk comes out. Yeah, the Donk comes out. Shout out to a Weird Verse Wednesday where we talk about Donk. There's also, isn't there a theory that he Donk escapes bread. the castle through the poop chute? <laughs> I haven't heard that theory, but that is interesting. There's a lot of poop in this story because also uh, after Ehud kills him, he like sneaks out or whatever. And then it says that the security guards, you could say, of the king were, they thought that he was like pooping. And so they didn't check on so him. So they didn't check on him. Because they didn't want to like embarrass him until, or whatever. Yeah, until they got embarrassed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then eventually they were like, okay, Maybe something's we, really going on here. And because of the delay, it gave him a chance to run away. Right. Yeah. But how long would that take until you're like, wait a minute, this guy's taking way too long. Probably about as long as after we go to White Castle or something like that. Yeah, probably. So you would say an hour? At least, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After you have a couple of White Castles and a <laughs> vanilla shake, dude. Those murder burgers? Oh. Yeah, murder burgers. So good, bro. Shout so, out White Castle. Yeah. Hope they give us some free burgers from... Oh, yeah. that a free shout out on Bible Dingers. From all the compliments we're giving them. Bible all this. <laughs> yeah, it really makes me go. White Castle is only go for... Go to White Castle. <laughs> it's only for if you're 17 or if you hate yourself. <laughs> Which bro. I do. So I go. <laughs> I'll be 17 forever because now I want some White Castle, bro. Their chicken rings. <laughs> Woo! Mm. Are you doing? Those chicken rings are fire. Anyway, so Ehud is the first part of the second falling away. And then there's the oppression under the Philistines and the deliverance through Shamgar. Oh, mm. the Philistines worship like a fish god, right? Um, yes. Uh, uh, Dagon. Du- Dugan. Yeah, Dagon. Dugon yeah. is the Pokemon, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Philistines worship. Squirtle. Um, yeah, so that's the second falling away. The third falling away is in chapters four and five. And that is the story of Deborah, hmm. the judge Deborah. Deborah's a girl. That song was so beautiful. Yes, Deborah is a girl, and Deborah's awesome. Also, yeah. There's uh, this dude Barack that is kind of under her, and she tells him to go to battle and stuff like that, and he's like, no, and he wouldn't go unless Deborah went with him and all this stuff, and Deborah was like, okay, well. If you make me go with you, then a woman is going to kill the king of your enemy. Mm. It's not going to be you. You're not going to get the glory for it. 
And he was like, all right. And um, chapter four is the actual story uh, under Deborah's judgeship. And that's when they go to war. And then the king, Jabin, no, Sisera. Sisera is, Sisera. yeah, Sisera's the leader. Jabin's just like his sidekick or something, right? Mm, I forget, forget who Jabin is. Um, anyways, Barak pursues Jabin and Sisera, and he finds them dead in some lady's tent because she, like, pretended to be their friend, and then they fell asleep. Well, Sisera fell asleep, and she drove a tent bag, a tent bag, a tent, tent peg through mm. his skull. Through his skull. And it said all the way to the ground, Ugh. which is intense. Her name was uh, Jail, right? J-A-E-L. I think so. Jail. Yeah. Um, so she ended up killing Sisera, and that's in chapter four. And Deborah's song is chapter five. Beautiful song. Which is Liddy. Yeah, I heard it's fire. Um, but it's mostly just like praising God for the victory, essentially. Mm. So then we have the fourth fall, which has four different falls. And that's so, from chapter 6 to chapter 10. Yeah, ch- chapter 6 to chapter 10. And that's the story of Gideon in chapter 6 through chapter 8, verse 32. And then we have Israel's departure from God, which seems like it's reoccurring, um, in chapters 8, 33 to 35. Then we have the story of Abimelech in chapter 9. And then the judgeships of Tola and Jer. Yeah, so the story of Gideon is uh, pretty heavy. It covers six, seven, and most of eight. Mm-hmm. You guys remember what happened in that story? Uh, he had like a really big army, and then God's like, choose the soldiers that don't lap up water like dogs. Yeah, yeah. the first qualification was anybody that was scared, go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was 300. He ended up with 300, right? Yeah, he ended up with 300 dudes. From like 20,000 or something. Yeah. Wow. And, and then there was... Um, I kind of thought, was that where they got the whole idea of the movie 300? It seems 300? like a parallel, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I think the actual events of 300 took place a lot longer after, after this took this. place. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so, yeah, there's these 300 dudes, and then there was a part where God was like, hey, if you're scared, then go sneak over to the camp of the enemy and listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And he sneaks away and listens, and then they're like, Yo, isn't Gideon like wild? I mean, well, what exactly happened was a guy at the camp had a dream. Uh, basically, the interpretation of the dream was that Gideon was like this strong warrior and he was a scary dude. And I think God's kind of providence and his foreknowledge is, is really cool in that section that the night before he knew Gideon was going to be scared the next day and going to need encouragement. So the night before he gave this soldier that he knew was going to be standing in an area where Gideon went, he gave that soldier a dream that Mm. he was going to tell his friend in this area. And he sent Gideon to that area to hear about the dream. So it's, it's pretty cool. Was Gideon also the one that I don't remember. I'm, I'm terrible at names. Gideon was the one that was like, I'll sacrifice my daughter if I win. No, no, that's coming up. Yeah, that's Jeff though. That's Jeff. Okay, yeah. That's Gideon right. was also the one who put the fleece outside because he was he didn't necessarily trust God that it was well he didn't necessarily trust that his call was from God. Mm. So oh, he like yeah. tested God and put the fleece outside to see if there would be dew on it. Yeah, dew mm. on the fleece, but not on the ground. And then it happened, and then he was like, "I still don't know." 
So God, if it's you, let there be dew on the ground, but not the fleece. Mm-hmm. And then it happened again. So. And then also his soldiers uh, all had like clay pots or something to fight with. Yeah. So yeah. So it was a motley crew for sure. Um, basically, they showed up and just scared the enemy into killing each other because hmm. uh, it says that God confused them and stuff like that. And Gideon didn't even have to actually really go to war. This whole book is filled with very weird weapons. Yeah. It is. Which I don't know if we talk about more later, but. Yeah, so that's that's Gideon. Um, the story of Abimelech is kind of weird. He's not an actual judge. He's just Gideon's kid who, like, hates all of Gideon's other kids and kills them mm. and stuff. Um, that's in chapter 9. And then early on in chapter 10, like you said, there's the judgeships of Tola and Jer. So then we have the fifth falling away, which is... Um, from chapters 10 through 12. How you doing? And in chapter 10, from verse 6 through 18, we have the oppression under the Ammonites. And then in chapter 11, through chapters 11 through 12, um, we have the deliverance through Jephthah. And then we have this sacrifice story, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is the sacrifice story where Jephthah, he is called by the people of Israel to come be their leader then he has what's up sir wasn't he like originally an outcast of his tribe yeah he was originally thrown out because um his mother was a prostitute so the dad had all these legitimate sons and then Jephthah was kind of like an illegitimate son i guess and mm-hmm. so the brothers threw him out because his mom was a prostitute and they didn't allow him in the family. So and then later on they came calling for him because right. he's like a great warrior. Right. They needed him later on so they came to him and asked him to be their leader and to lead them into battle and stuff. So anyways, Jephthah talked with the king of Ammon and, you know, said, this is our land, so on and so forth. And then in order to, I guess, persuade God to give him victory in battle, he made a vow with God. Sacrifice his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. To sacrifice the first thing that greeted him at the door. Yeah, he didn't say his daughter at first. He said, whatever comes out of my front door Mm. to greet me after the battle, I will sacrifice to you, which is a wild vow. But then an important note is that a lot of these old houses had barns attached to them, right? Right. So he could have obviously been thinking that like a bull was going to come out or something like that, and Mm. he was going to sacrifice the bull. But essentially the story is he went to battle he had victory. He came home and his daughter came out, his, which, and it said it was his only child. He didn't have any other sons or daughters. His daughter came out singing and happy with a tambourine, um, praising Jephthah for winning the battle and stuff like that. And then he sacrificed her. And it's crazy because, and we did a Weird Verse Wednesday on this. If you haven't seen it yet, go to the website and check out our, our, um, our blog post on this. But essentially, he sacrificed her out of ignorance hmm. to the law. First, obviously, he was ignorant to make a vow like that. And secondly, the law gives you provisions to get out of a vow that you made. All you have to do is bring a bird and sacrifice a bird, and then you're out of the vow. And that's it. And he was just ignorant to that, and he ended up killing his daughter because of it. And an important thing to note is judges is a historical narrative book. It's important to know that just because you see these leaders of Israel doing something, that doesn't mean one that God condones it 
or two that we should model our life after yeah. it. Yeah. A lot of times people will look in the Bible and look up to these people as if they're somebody they should model after, as if God approved of everything they did, but that's not necessarily true. Judges is really just telling the story of what happened. And and this is the case with almost all of the judges. Um, you see that they are good leaders and they are good in battle and stuff like that, but they have these major character flaws. Yeah. Jephthah was super ignorant and killed his daughter. Mm-hmm. Samson was very naive. Yeah, I can't um, wait to talk about Samson. Yeah, when it That's came to his crazy. relationships and stuff. Gideon, what, he, he didn't trust God. So all of these leaders had major flaws. So it's important to keep that in mind while you're reading through. Mm-hmm. Pointing towards the fact that Israel was waiting a uh, true king, right. true leader. And so, yeah, that's chapters 11 and 12. Then the end of chapter 12, uh, they quickly kind of mention the judgeships of mm-hmm. Ibzan, Elon, and Abdon. There's not a whole lot of details. So, yeah, so then we have the sixth fall, which is Samson's birth in chapter 13. And this goes all the way through chapter 16. And in chapter 14, we see Samson's intended marriage to a Timnite. And then in chapter 15, we see Samson's vengeance on the Philistines. And in chapter 16, we see Samson's final fatal victory. Samson's story so, confuses me, dude. Uh, really quick, when Samson's born, he's, uh, God like says he's going to be this type of Israelite who never mm-hmm. cuts his hair. Yeah, Nazarite. A Nazarite. Yeah, there's a lot of rules for Nazarites. They weren't allowed to cut their hair. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to touch anything that was dead, including you know animals or anything like that. They had a lot of other rules, but yeah, basically Which, that's were, like from the Book of Numbers, I think, is when they yeah. first talk about that. And basically, they're just devoted to God, and yeah. they had some certain rules that other people didn't have to follow. Uh huh. Samson's story confuses me, though, bro. It's crazy. Because like you know, when you're young and you hear this story, they say, "Oh, he fell in love," and then like gave up his secret which is the case but they lose some major details of the story some of the major details that this chick continuously goes back to him ties him up with what he says is his his kryptonite so to speak right she keeps using it on him after he gives up the secret so like if i say my weakness is coffee and the next morning you give me coffee and then she's like i love you but that didn't work why are you lying to me yeah well, like shouldn't you um like one of Samson's character flaws is that he's like just chases after women. Yeah. Yeah, which I get. But again, if I tell you my weakness is coffee and use it on me the first time, I should be like, wait a minute, this dude's trying to kill me. Yeah. But not once did he ever say, Wait, this chick tied me up and then like she says, Ah, oh, the Philistines are after me, and you have to break through these chains. Pah! And then go save the day. Like, wouldn't you say, why are these chains around me? Like, yeah. why this rope around me? In theory, you would. But, you know, I feel like that almost testifies to the blinding nature of sin. You know, he was so blinded by his sin of uh, lust for these women that he's just like, I guess sin blinds like, you to the truth. It was so like drug times. addiction, right? And yeah. we're going to talk about yeah. that um, in a few weeks when we drop the episode, how people know it's going to kill you but they continuously go back to the addiction. It could relate to that, but I just think it's crazy how there were ropes around his arms and he had to break through them to save the day and nothing made him scratch his head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it wasn't but, just um, Delilah as well. Delilah was the famous mm-hmm. uh, woman that he kind of succumbed to, but there was also uh, a prostitute in his life. There was this Timnite woman who... 
kind of gave up his secrets to the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole vengeance chapter, which is chapter 15, is when he gets the foxes or whatever and ties them oh, together yeah. with the fire. He and ties sends them through 300 the, foxes' tails together. Which is wild. <laughs> I hear, you know, I hear people saying that the Bible is discredited because of stories like that, because that is kind of a wild, wild. story. Like, okay, he caught 300 foxes and tied them together. But I think there's a lot of conclusion jumping to when yeah. you do that. Like, you're almost saying, like, you're not thinking of the fact that maybe it was like a planned out thing that he did. It doesn't necessarily say. He immediately went, caught 300 foxes in an hour. Yeah. It could have been like a meditated attack that he was planning for like a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, context is key. And be a critical thinker before you uh, try and jump to conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we're at the final point of Judges. This is the third and final point, the results of Israel's falling away. And that's from chapter 17 through 21. And it starts off. Well, it's kind of broken up into two separate points, which is the idolatry of Micah and the Danites mm-hmm. in chapter 17 through 18, and then the Im- immorality of Gibeah and the Benjamites in chapters 19 to 21. These are both wild stories. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that first point, the idolatry of Micah and the Danites in chapter 17 and 18 is broken up into the idolatry of Micah and the apostasy of the Danites. You want to expound on that a little bit? Kind of. I really don't know a whole lot about the story, though. So we're kind of all on the same page with the story. <laughs> and we have to just be honest because we've always been honest and relatable. We have to do a little, little bit more digging on the story because it seems a little bit random. Yeah. I mean, it's in the results section of Israel's falling away. So you could say that this is here to show how far Israel had fallen. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, what happens in the story? No, you don't need to know that. <laughs> Read it. Read it. Read it. Yeah, so uh, there's the idolatry of Micah in chapter 17, and that's basically some dude named Micah who worships idols. Mm-hmm. And then there's this Levite that passes by, and he's like, be my priest. <laughs> my personal yeah. priest. Be my priest. And uh, the Levite's like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) And he becomes his personal priest. Uh, And then there's like some guys walking by Micah's house. And they come and stay with Micah for a little bit. And they're like, dude, this priest is legit. (laughs) And I want him. And so they were like, be my priest too. And they kidnapped the priest. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah, that was it. The end. Yeah, it was a story of like idols and vengeance and kidnapping, and it seemed kind of random to me. I'm not gonna lie. It was, but it could obviously be a conclusion to the book that this is this is how lost they were. Yeah, like look at you now. Like what are they doing? You're stealing priests. (laughs) (laughs) You're my you're my pastor now. That's a. But that's the least of what they did yeah. as far as like evil stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. The I think the worst section, of course, is chapters 19 through 21. Yeah. And that talks about this dude who was passing through Israel. He he wasn't an Israelite. He was passing through Israel and uh, his concubine. The, the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah the, yeah, the tribe of Benjamin. They like took this chick and raped her, I think. Raped her all night. Yeah, dude, all they night. They took turns. Yeah. It's and brutal, bro. 
And then they killed her. And no, they didn't kill her. Yeah, she was. Yeah, a, they killed her. I thought he killed her. No, they killed her, and kind of to. Well, I think it says. I thought like, she was like, like crippled at the door. Like, right, oh. and then she never woke she up like, in the morning. Yeah, she was it. like she was like unconscious. It but killed she wasn't, her. It what they did to her killed her. I guess you could say he that. didn't kill her. The nomad guy. Hmm. Yeah, so the nomad guy didn't kill her. She died because of what the tribe of Benjamin did to her. And then what he did in response to that was chopped up her body into 12, uh, 12, pieces. Into 12 pieces and sent them to all the tribes basically to say, like, what are you going to do about this? But then he offered them his daughter. Didn't he offer him his daughter at first? And then they just broke through the house and took his concubine yeah. instead? Yeah. He offered his daughter. Take my virgin yeah, daughter Yeah, so he's instead, not super right? innocent either. And That's also, chopping her up isn't super innocent, I suppose. Well, it... If it did send the message that Israel needed to change something, yeah. So I guess, do you think the ends justify the means? I mean, she was already dead. Yeah, I so mean, let's this, just chop her up. This is what led to a, a small civil war in Israel, where they basically like attacked the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah, this this story is so crazy, though. Imagine chopping her up in twelve pieces. What did they use? It's not like they had chainsaws back then. Well, the, it says that before karate chopped. Before that, they were like. In the tribe of Benjamin, they're staying at this guy's house, mm-hmm. and like these people from the tribe are like knocking on her on the house like all night, saying like "Come out, yeah, like, come out of the house." We're like we want to have sex with you. Yeah, it's this crazy. It's story. like Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. Yeah, you think they yeah. learned from this that the same story. story? Yeah, except they wanted to have sex with angels back then. Yeah, and that story. Are you doing? Anyway, so we have the that atrocity, atrocity, atrocity in Gibeah. It was so. Atrocity. Atrocity. And um, in chapter 19, and then we have the civil war in Israel in chapter 20. Um, and then finally, we have the preservation of Benjamin. Yeah, so I feel like Israel, 21. Israel probably in their hearts wanted to um, destroy Benjamin, but they also didn't because they didn't want to lose a tribe. And then they were also like, but we don't want any Benjamite Benjaminites marrying any of our women any of our daughters and so the very end of judges ends with this even crazier i mean i don't even i don't think it's crazier than the chopping up but they were like so the benjaminites went to this party and they just started kidnapping their wives from this party oh yes isn't that crazy like like the final note of the book were like a few hundred single men yeah Yeah, and then there yeah, was like they this, didn't have any woman to give them. Yeah, and yeah. there was like this well-known party where a bunch of women would gather and dance, and yeah, and the idea was what whatever dancing, woman just, was dancing, pick up. go pick them up and take them as your wife, which is like wild. And it's like this is another thing that I want to point out. God's not condoning; it's just saying, especially since this is the results of the falling of Israel, like where they were at as a civilization, they were kidnapping their wives. They um, evidently became the Canaanites. They were worshiping false gods. They were sacrificing things that didn't need to be sacrificed, yeah. just like the Canaanites did. They evidently fell into the sin, the same sin that they were judging the Canaanites for. Idolatry, yeah. yeah. They had serious idolatry problems. But, yeah, that's Israel, and that's us, I feel like, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And it is what it is, man. Yeah, and at the end, they don't. they still don't have a king. And it seems like... We keep seeing it over and over again. Israel has no king, and people did what they thought was good, and apparently it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
Anyway, but even that, you know, that translates to how we live today. Like we don't have, like, yes, we have the president, but no one really listens to him or likes who he is. Mm-hmm. And we just do what we think is right. Right. And that could mean so many different things and it just causes a mess. Yeah. Cause everybody has a different interpretation of what they think is right. Right. It's, Right, your truth. What's right in their own eyes. Yeah. Exactly. Your truth, but not mine. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you doing? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that was the book of Judges. Like we always say, Bible ding up in this thing. That's what we always say. No, like we always say, we hope you're reading through this whole book. It's a lot to cover. It's a lot to read, but it's totally worth it. It's so entertaining. There's some sick and twisted stories in here. Sick and twisted. It is. It's sick and twisted, but it's 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 really entertaining, but it's informative because it shows you where Israel was at. It shows you their hearts, and it shows you that you're not alone in your sin struggles. There have been people thousands of years ago that gone through stuff that's probably worse. If they can, go, if they can overcome this, I think we can too, right? So it's 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 encouraging, it's informative, and it shows you the history of Israel. Anyway, that was the book of Judges. We hope you continue to tune in and go on social media, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on Twitter. And while you're there... At Bible Dingers. At Bible Dingers. Just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Oh, Oh, two times, two times. Don't pass and scroll. Two times. While you're there, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like... Don't continue to pass and scroll like you do any other page because we are Bible Dingers. See you next time. Push back evil, that's on sight. We gon' fight, we gon' rage against the dying of the light. I'm a giant, I feel like Goliath, but I'm righteous. No, we gon' make it, we don't need a side. <laughs> Why does it cut off? <laughs>